Welcome to How Did You Get Here, a Career Path podcast. This week, we're going to talk about being a sports editor and much, much more. Hey, thanks for having me. I am uh, happy to be here. Uh, you guys, that is the voice of a one Mr. Jason Kirk, who, again, sports editing is kind of uh, what we're going to call this, but much like our friend Ryan that was on last season, he kind of does a little bit of everything and uh, something very exciting that's happening a little bit closer to when this episode is going to come out is he has a book coming out that I'm very passionate about telling everybody about. <laughs> so we'll start uh, from the beginning. What did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> hmm. Well, this is probably going to uh, going to tease the book a little bit because <laughs> because like I I remember um, this question actually came up on the uh, on the shutdown forecast about a decade ago, and my answer at that time was youth pastor. Um, and when I said that, I, <laughs> I remember there was like a segment of the internet who just like immediately like it was like they were pointing at their screens at me, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. OK, we, we, were, we grew up in the same places, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, but before then, when I was, you know, eight or nine or ten, I was probably like some combination of astronaut, dinosaur hunter, NBA player, uh, you know, <laughs> average, <laughs> average nine year old jobs. You know. Um, yeah but uh but once it got to the point where it's like oh oh shit i should start thinking can i say shit on here i don't know sorry you can say whatever you want i mean well okay, okay. within reason i don't okay. mind about cussing that's all okay once it got to the point where it's like ah i'm uh, gonna be an adult in just a few years you know then it was like oh, i should do something uh, religious obviously um <laughs> Christian musician was a thing for a while, though I have no particular musical talent. Um, but writing lyrics, I could do that. Um, and, you know, that eventually got me into, like, writing sentences and paragraphs. So that, that sort of ended <laughs> up being productive, I guess. But, uh, yeah, as a youth, it was all, all – all of my ambitions were either, like, completely unrealistic um, uh, adventure jobs or church jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh you are among the fifth person to mention dinosaur hunter i joke all the time that we are 100 percent the jurassic park generation but you're the first person to say they wanted to be specifically a youth pastor we did have someone last season who thought they wanted to be a pastor so love that recurring theme i i'm glad that neither of you are pastors though um not, not any <laughs> shade to either one of you just your talents are best used in the world, uh, so to speak. Well, what was your actual first job? I worked at uh, I worked at Publix for uh, for a really long time. Started there as a sophomore in high school. The first place I applied was, again, this won't be a surprise based on what I've just said, Chick Fil A. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I had quite the uh, quite the bubbly personality <laughs> required <laughs> to work at Chick Fil A. Um, so I started bagging groceries at, uh, at Publix, um, the Florida, at that point it was just a Florida, Georgia chain. Uh, I don't know how many States it's in by now. Um, and worked there like through college, all the way through college, worked there until I was married. Um, worked there until I had a child. That's how long I worked there. Like I started as a child until I had a child. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that, that was a uh, one sort of one of the formative places for me. Like it's it's a place I always think back to. Like 
that's a normal job for real people, you know, and like everything I've done since then is like when there are moments when it's like, oh, this is hard. This is this is tough. I can't figure this out. I don't want to do this or whatever. It's like, man, I could be getting up at 3 a.m. to to throw milk crates around like the old days. Like this is nothing. This is nothing. So I don't know. I, I, I sort of think everybody should. I don't want to say have to work, a, you know, a regular person job at some point in their life. I just think every person should, you know, like. Every, everybody should have that experience of dealing with customers and working weird schedules and like ha- just having a sense of, you know, having a sense at some point of like what a normal job is like. Um, just having that connection with like actual humanity. I, you know, right. Invaluable. No, and you're absolutely not the first person to say that everybody should have to work a I even would call it normal job. Um, on Charlotte's episode, we discussed how she worked at Delia's in the mall. So talk about a, a throwback. But we agreed that everyone should have to work some kind of service industry job, whether that's retail or restaurant or whatever. Um, and I think it definitely, it adds a layer of humanity to people. And I can always tell when I meet someone, they've never had to work one of those jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, you never had to uh deal with the uh customers always right attitude yeah someone who's never waited tables you can tell right oh 100 like, <laughs> like you've never had someone send food back um because of some inane reason well i i have to ask what was the like craziest thing you did while at Publix? and when i say crazy i mean did we do a version of the Office Olympics at Publix? Because I every I feel like everyone who works in retail has a story of what happened once you know the store was the store was shut down for the day. Oh yeah. Um, so the wow. So the absolute craziest was uh, I wasn't here to witness this, but I was told it by so many people from uh, from that story and others. And there was physical evidence within the store that uh, one overnight a bird got into the store and this was a store with particularly high ceilings, like um, like the thir- 20, 30 foot ceilings, probably more like 30. Um, and the bird that was in there, the store manager decided the best way to deal with it would be to go get a BB gun from his car and to just start firing. And evidently he hit to like a very delicate part of a pipe and a leak. Of course. <laughs> Leak started spraying and uh, there was water damage for a great deal of time from, you know, the store manager firing a weapon in the building. Um, there was a time when, uh, I've told this one on the podcast, but I don't know if I've told it in a while, when uh, in the back room, this big boy named Michael just decided we were in a fight, right? Like, <laughs> I don't get in a lot of fights. This was, I, this was like the only fight I've been in since like fifth grade. Um, this dude just comes charging at me and he's got like a hundred pounds of me. I don't have a whole lot of options. So, uh, just sort of like hooked him around the head and rode, rode his head on back into the ground. And then we both stood up and about our day, but all I had going for me was leverage here. Otherwise he would have just flattened me. Um, <laughs> just both extremely Georgia stories and I yeah, yeah, yeah. appreciate that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, that one was like, so Bill Goldberg was rushing at me basically. Right. Like, and so I just. I just countered his wrestling move. Um, there was uh, there was a time. This was like early in college. It was like right before I started dating my eventual wife Emily. Um, there was this uh, coworker who I was like kind of dating ish. Um, and our job at the time at that night was like to decorate 
these, you know, again, gigantic 30 foot ceilings for Christmas, which meant me going up on this enormous ladder, um, like risking my life for my seven fifty an hour job or whatever. Right. Um, you know, and, and in my mind, it's like, well, I'm impressing her. So this is worth it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, there was a moment when we were moving the ladder and I started like, like just an idiot 18 year old boy. Just, yeah. I started like walking under this gigantic ladder that like her whole job was to help me move it. But like, no, 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 I got this right. Um, and I, I fell backward with this 30 foot ladder and luckily landed like parallel right down the middle of an aisle. Not like, you know, we didn't like crash into wine bottles, didn't like crush anyone walking past with their cart or whatever, just landed dead center in the middle of the aisle. So of course, you know, I just stood up and played it off. <laughs> and like, you know, she's a very gracious person. She sort of just pretended it didn't happen, but, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> This is tight. Working at grocery store is pretty wild. Uh, I saw someone poop the wine aisle. Um, oh, she, <laughs> she was trying to shoplift. Yeah, she's wearing a, she's wearing a skirt. She was trying to shoplift and she got caught. I think it was like a defense mechanism. <laughs> like, like just leave this behind and escape the vicinity. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, the fact she was wearing a skirt <laughs> just sent me for some reason because I just imagine like. That's such a primal response to being caught shoplifting. I can't fathom. Yeah, it's like, uh, um, it's like something that would happen in like a a cartoon. Maybe it's it's even beyond a cartoon. There's no like pooping in cartoons. You know, just like so surprised that this is what happens. Like, it's very much like if The Office happened at Publix. Like that's oh god. Well, hopefully, I know all about biohazard cleanup from uh, my time working at a gym. So hopefully, whoever had to clean that up wasn't too uh, harmed. Yeah, it wasn't me. I got out of there. I, I was like, no, no I, I, I'm very needed on aisle two. I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, not not my ministry. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the fact that you worked at uh, Publix for so long, especially considering like what you want, wound up doing. So you go to college, you keep the Publix job, and did you keep it post-college out of necessity? I'm assuming out of necessity. Pretty much, yeah. It was um, Part of what was driving it was, uh, you know, health insurance, stuff like that. Um, and they had, uh, they had this system where the longer you were there, the more company stock you'd build up. So I'm like, all right, this is going to be my retirement. I'm just going to keep doing this. And eventually I'll start like freelance writing on the side or whatever, or, uh, or I'll become like a substitute English teacher. I had an English degree was my thing. Um, and, uh, I, I just decided like, all right, I'm just going to do this job. That's fine. You know, forever just to keep building up this retirement money. Um, and then eventually decided like, all right, let's, let's actually move into a field. I started editing, uh, educational textbooks and eventually that was doing enough for us you know left the grocery store um and and had this like retirement fund built up and uh we bought a house in the year 2007 which uh was a very bad year to buy a house yes it was (laughs) and we were like immediately underwater had to cash out the uh the little retirement fund just to stay in that house for like uh, three years uh and (laughs) then completely started over (laughs) so yeah, so all that time in the grocery store uh, was uh, just basically just built character. Don't have anything to show for it other than a, just a <laughs> lot of character. <laughs> well, 
what was the, I guess, I call it the turning point in my questionnaire, but sometimes that sounds a little over dramatic. So take that, you know, with a grain of salt, but what was that turning point in your career? Or if there was multiple, you know, what were they? There's probably a lot of them, a lot of little ones. Um, in college, uh, as an English major, I there was one class where um, I, I had like an education minor. Um, so there was like a tutoring component to that. Like I, I did student teaching at a local middle school, local high school, and was like, oh, that's pretty fun. Uh, the kids think I'm funny, you know, like it was like, this isn't hard, you know, like just don't take them seriously at all. Act like one of them and they think you're cool. Not that, not, you know, not act like one of them, like you're trying to be cool. Act, you know, just say dumb shit and they'll laugh at it. It's great. Um, but the tutoring thing, we went to the, uh, like the, the on-campus writing center where like people bring in their, uh, their papers and someone who's making $8 an hour fixes them. And we call that tutoring. Um, and I was editing someone's paper and one of the, uh, one of the professors there overheard and was like, Hey, you should just come work here. And I'm like, great. I love jobs. I, I, sh- I should have multiple jobs. I'm a college student. That's normal, right? College student with two jobs. Um, and so I started doing that and, uh, that was sort of my first foot into like, um, the writing, editing work, I guess. Um, and it ended up being a decent resume item, um, started editing textbooks and uh, doing like web design writing and freelance writing, just any writing I could get my hands on. Um, And actually this one, um, part of this will probably be uh, very familiar for you. Um, I actually found some evidence of this recently. I, uh, I had been writing about the Atlanta Falcons online, like for most of my life, just for fun. Right. Um, And I did a lot of it at live journal. (laughs) which I had completely forgotten about uh, until recently when uh, I was like looking up, I, I was like, for reasons that would probably take me like five minutes to explain. I was like, I, I need an example of what exactly what a live journal page looked like in the year, like 2000, whatever. Right. So I'm Googling for this. Um, just, I just went any example, just give me any example. And what came up was like one of my old, blog posts about the Atlanta Falcons and it wasn't like it was eerie because it wasn't like I didn't search show me shit about the Falcons I didn't search it wasn't under my name it wasn't tied to my email address wasn't it like the post it randomly brought up was by me from like eight lifetimes ago um (laughs) so yeah it was freakish it was bizarre close this tab that's weird uh I, I read through it and was like okay there's nothing like you know there's no nothing problematic in here that's great <laughs> nice nice job kid um but uh there was a uh, around 2008 or so the Atlanta Falcons site at SB Nation the Falcoholic I started reading that one um and I was like wait a minute this is part of the same blog network as my favorite college football writer Spencer Hall um, who every day should be Saturday had just gone from Blogspot to SP Nation. Um, I was like, therefore, this is the cool Atlanta Falcon site. So I started writing there for for free, which it did not bother me at all. I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. Um, eventually, that turned into a paid gig. Uh, I took over. They they launched these uh, city sites, like and their SP Nation Atlanta was one of them. Um, and I, within a few months, was like the editor of that. It was not a lot of money. It was a whole lot of work because I treated it like a full-time job because I'm like, wait a minute. 
I might have a shot here, right? Like if, if I really crush it, I don't know, maybe this turns into a job or something. Um, and I remember the little wrinkle that I brought to it, and you'll probably appreciate this as well, was uh, I kind of just ignored pro sports and just covered college football. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we're going to be authentic to the Atlanta sports fan. We're going to cover the entire SEC. We are not going to cover the Thrashers. I'm sorry. Maybe it's my fault the Thrashers left, but um, we're going to talk more about the Kentucky Wildcats and the Mississippi State Bulldogs than we are about um, Georgia Tech. No, I'm just kidding. But I, not, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we just treated it like an SEC site and traffic was great. It was me and Brian Floyd who ran the Seattle one who were like shocking this um, Northeastern media company by <laughs> by like crushing them by talking about college football, um, which that sort of put me on the company's radar. Like I'm covering the uh, like that was the Cam Newton year as well. So like SEC football interest was through the roof. Um, Vivid memories. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, pretty quickly, it was the end of that year, 2010, when I got hired. And I think the all, the list of Southerners in the company was like Spencer Hall, Holly Anderson, and me. And it was, you know, right away, it was like, oh, we got a band together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was cool. It was cool. Um, I remember I got hired the same day as Tom Ziller, and we were in the same, uh, like, intro email. And I was like, dude, what in the world? I've been in, like been a sports media member for one day and i'm already like in the same intro emails tom freaking ziller i don't deserve this you know <laughs> um there's just there's just lots of like sudden humbling little moments you know like I don't, I don't belong in this group john boyce is here you know like i don't i don't belong here and not even in an imposter syndrome way just more like a i'm here and and they haven't kicked me out yet and that's hilarious you know um and then a few months after that, when Holly left for Sports Illustrated, uh, I filled in as college football editor. We hired Bill Connolly, Bud Elliott, and we were just like off and running as, in my opinion, the best college football coverage team of the 2010s. Uh, a year or two after that, YouTube wanted to... This this was back before um, YouTube had just like a glut of content like these days youtube has more stuff original stuff being made for it than it knows what to do with but in those days youtube was still like encouraging people to make stuff for it so they paid sp nation a bunch of money to start a bunch of shows we hired bomani jones and that was another moment where it was like me and bomani jones have one of the same job titles that's hilarious <laughs> um <laughs> like 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 i'm gonna brag about this to someone someday and i just did um and one of the shows that we started was Spencer what this and I. Podcast is for yes. <laughs> Spencer and I uh, started shutdown fullback, the basically an Adult Swim version of um, like College Football Live or just any any talking head show. On it was just the dumbest college football show we could imagine. Um, set in the basement of our producer Lear, who worked for Adult Swim. Um, the stupidest graphics, the dumbest like internet inside jokes. Um, all being made with YouTube's money for a company based in Washington, D.C. And like our bosses were like, this is so weird. We get like 10% of it and you should keep doing it because <laughs> it's, it's fun no matter what. Um, <laughs> but that sort of like, I don't know, that, that sort of like put me on the map as I guess something besides just like a um, editor and decent writer or whatever, like. Yeah, it ended up, we ended up spinning a podcast off of that with Holly and with Ryan Nanny um, that like is the reason 
90 something percent of the people who've ever heard of me have heard of me um which you know it's fine <laughs> that's great it's good to be heard of no matter what <laughs> um and uh yeah so for basically for the past uh 12 years or so i've sort of had these like two um modes at once one is like day job is always writing and editing and often very serious often like tinkering with commas and m dashes and all that stuff and then the other is yeah podcasting about the dumbest things i can think of um then it's pretty fun it's worked out <laughs> it's worked out pretty well uh so yeah i mean the, the, like the turning points in there were just these little moments where i just sort of looked up and realized like there is 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 no actual gatekeeper here like there is nothing physically preventing me from just going for this thing um it feels like they're supposed to be but there is no security guard who's physically pushing me out of this place so uh i'm just going to enter it and see what happens and they haven't asked me to leave yet so it seems like i'm still here um but just lots and lots of little moments um and I don't know, it's sort of a mindset that I guess I just still have where it's like there there are no actual um, lines to cross. Like, you know, some people, you know, some people have to get lucky and um, some people have to catch big breaks. And some people are, you know, obviously some people are born with lots of privileges that other people aren't. But um, and, you know, I certainly have quite a few of those. But like <laughs> there's still this sense of. um Nope. No, nobody actually belongs anywhere, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. There, there is there is no institution where everyone who is there actually belongs there. They just are there. Um, and like, you know, a lot of people have the skills to deserve to be there, but there is no. Uh, there isn't. <laughs> you're going to get in where you can, I guess, you know, you're going to get in where you fit in. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I don't know. It's. And, you know, and that's not to say if, you know, if you can't make it in somewhere that, like, uh, you weren't good enough or anything. Like, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, there's plenty of places that I have tried to go where it just wasn't ever going to work out. And that's cool. That's cool. Um, I guess I guess the thing I've learned is uh, there are a lot fewer credentials than it feels like there are um, in some weird ways, I guess. Listeners, I'm just sitting here doing my typical head nod where I don't even have anything to add because I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it's something that keeps coming up. Um, we just call it the audacity and not in a negative way. Like a lot of times it has a negative connotation, but like you literally just had the audacity to be like, all right, I'm going to start writing about football. All right, I'm going to use the Falcoholic to also talk about more college football. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. It's it's not a bad thing. Um, and then just to try, cause I think <sighs> what you said about there being less gatekeepers, especially in writing. And I could be completely off base here, but it feels like with writing in particular, the threshold to entry is much lower. It's a nine times out of 10. It's like, just start, just do it. Uh, but then to be successful at it, Again, it's I call it the audacity to show up. Like you just, <laughs> you just keep getting better at it. I do love that you started out editing <laughs> at the student uh, writing center because that place is 
one of the bleakest places on a college campus, I think, for <laughs> any sort of writing. Just some of the worst papers you've ever read. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, yeah. I mean, I do love all the little moments you talk about where you're like, I don't belong here. Like, full-on creep by Radiohead moment where you're like, <laughs> what, what the hell am I doing here? Because I think those people who don't have those moments might not necessarily need to be where they are <laughs> to generalize a little bit. But um, yeah, I I love that so much. Uh, I appreciate the detail you went into because you're like slowly answering questions that I had already thought of. <laughs> uh, well, what was one piece of education, either inside or outside the classroom, that you felt just like really helped you? Hmm. Um, thinking back on... Thinking back on college, I had uh, I took a bunch of creative writing classes, um, and at the time, I thought those were sort of like just for fun, right? Like if I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be an English teacher or a journalism editor or whatever, like this won't ever actually serve me. Um, it'll just be for fun. But next thing you know, sure. Uh, it turns <laughs> life's funny. Um, <laughs> and I remember my, uh, my favorite college professor, his name was Aaron Levy. He, um, he just encouraged a lot of like, just trying stuff, which I guess sort of ties in. Um, just a, a lot of like, uh, and I, I'm trying to think of like, you know, specific lessons, but like that was very much just the vibe. Just like, yeah, it's yeah. cool. Just try it. Um, and I, I took a lot of classes with him and that was sort of a recurring thing over and over. Um, my favorite high school teacher, her name was Erin Taylor, um, also an English teacher, which probably should have told me something, you know, before, <laughs> before I went to college and decided like my major is uh, psychology for a year for no absolutely no good reason um <laughs> uh but yeah she she was very much the same way like uh, just um encouraging sort of a uh a way of thinking about the world that is very um always keeping in mind that it's made of people and people are always um have their own perspectives and th- their own ways of approaching things um and she was good about like pushing us to talk to people we wouldn't usually talk to um Uh. like outside of our little our little clusters and it was this weird thing where like that class was the one class where like anyone who had her as a teacher sort of has this like thing you can talk about you know decades later um it's like the only group in my whole high school where I could actually imagine it. We actually did a, a reunion like five years <laughs> after high school of her students. Um, just cause like she was so intentional about it. Um, yeah. I guess hanging on to people uh, might be a lesson there. Like, which ultimately has served me pretty well. Um, like I'm, I'm not going to say I'm great at like, uh, staying in touch with people or like sending gifts or (laughs) or any of that type of stuff, but like, (laughs) um, sort of viewing every social group I've ever been part of as like a little alumni network, you know, like my, my friends from high school, that's, those weren't just like my friends at the time. Those are like my lifelong siblings, whether we talk once a decade or not, (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> and that's probably some of some of that teacher's influence. Um, so yeah, I mean, those don't feel like things that are directly related to a career, but at the same time, I look around at like my SB Nation group of coworkers, and it's like every time I see Harry Lyles on my TV, I'm like, yeah, that's my little brother, you know? Like every time yeah. I see Alex Kirchner and Richard Johnson, I'm like, yeah, I hired those dudes when they were children, you know? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, just it's that, that group sort of having a kinship um, and it, you know, it, it was because of all of us. It wasn't because of like my high schooling teacher, but there are probably parts of it that I would have missed out on if not for, if not for those lessons. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess non-career stuff having a, having a big influence on the career. Yeah, let's go with that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it a lot. I think that again, it, People can get really cynical about certain aspects of having a job. I mean, that's totally fair given the times that we live in. Uh, but that's like the positive version of it's who you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, um, yeah. But to me, it's more like it's who you know that makes it worth it. Obviously, you have a book coming out, like I said, at the top of the show. But how did you even find time to kind of do that while still having these other things going on was it just kind of taking you back to the college days of and I quote I love jobs <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it was multiple things it was um I started this project around 2019 I think when um working as college football editor college football podcast etc like very very busy job um and I, it was around the time when Star Wars 9 came out, like the worst Star Wars movie. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got home from that and I was like, that's the worst shit I've ever seen. If that, if that can have $500 million to get that movie made, someone yeah. will give me $50 to write a story. I'm going to write a story. So I started writing this like just weird sci-fi garbage um, and I was telling Emily about it and she's like, good luck man good luck getting fifty dollars for this um and then like standing in the kitchen God, i love her <laughs> she's 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 she sees through things sometimes um yeah then uh a, f a few weeks after that for whatever reason we were standing in the kitchen and i started telling her this moment uh wednesday night youth group at church when um the, the you know this is basic evangelical theater when four guys in uh in like uh ski masks and whatever burst into the room carrying rifles threatening everyone uh deny christ or we'll shoot you it's basic like uh we're the antichrist minions here to test your faith and test your resolve and so on and so forth i was telling her this story and she's like jaw on the floor um and and then i'm like what do you mean why why is this freaking you out this is normal this is this is church that's what church was like it was the first time her, she and I had ever talked about religion. We've been married for years and years and years. We met like via Christian music, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we had never talked about religion. Um, and just the look on her face, I was like, I think I found what I should actually be writing about, right? <laughs> um, so I went and started a uh, started a Google Doc. It was called Youth Group at the time, um, <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> it was just trying to explain. Yeah, <laughs> it was trying to explain like how did this this protagonist get to a moment where like his authority figure is um, is, is you know uh, 
at least presenting violence. Yeah. And it's just not a like, how do you get to a point where a kid can just be unmoved by that? Um, and I just started writing and uh, eventually got to the point where it's like, uh-oh, there's a whole lot to say here. It's it's not going to be just a 20-page short story. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I've attempted a novel. Uh, and then, like, uh, COVID hit, so and so, <laughs> and so I was no longer a, a full-time sports media member anymore. Um, and it was like, well, uh, the forecast makes money. The forecast pays bills. Um, I think I have time. And we started, my wife and I started a second podcast that also um Fortunately, people were kind enough to support where we uh, we went from never talking about religion to doing a podcast together about religion um, called Vacation Bible School, going back through the Bible um, as sort of like former youth group kids learning what's actually in there. Um, so, you know, with two podcasts for, plus some freelance writing, I was like, all right, the bills are getting paid. My job is novel. Um, so 2020, 2021, 2022, I published like almost no articles anywhere a few at for the win a few on a start a little sub stack you know i did a little bit of writing but it was like 12 hours a day writing a novel <laughs> it was like Jeez. yeah and it was it was every single day um so where did i find the time it was uh well fortunately i don't have a job and like i'm incredibly lucky to not need one for a while and like honestly so much of that is you know, people love our podcast and like, so any, anyone who listened to that podcast, you subsidized me <laughs> getting a novel done in uh, three and a half years-ish. I changed something in it earlier today, so call it four and a half years. But um, yeah, the, the podcast subsidized the book. So like that was one of the reasons that when it came time to put it out and it was like, well, we need a name for a publisher. And I was like, I asked my co-host, can I call it shut down full books? And they're like, yes, that's hilarious. Sure. <laughs> so bam. Um, Cause like, you know, it's just sort of a little tribute to the fact that like, I don't even know if I would have ever thought anyone would care to read this if not for like that audience and like the way they show up, you know, our show got quote fingers canceled for a while when, we, <laughs> when Spencer and I left that company and it was sort of like, all right, let's, Let's be real. It'll, it'll be back in some way. Like, we always knew it'd be back in some way. Um, and then, event, you know, soon we were making money off it for the first time ever, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was funny. <laughs> Shade. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that that podcast audience, it, it, it not only was it a sense that, like, you know, these people like good causes. And if I do this novel and I say, like, all right you know, for the first three months, all the money is going to the Trevor Project, then I know these people will show up, um, regardless of whether it's good or bad. Fortunately, it's good. But I, I was just like, I, I know this group will support um, this, this, you know, if, if for no other reason is for a good cause. Um, and I had this sense from talking to these people for like 10 years that like, I don't know, when I talk about this stuff, it's interesting to people. Like either people grew up in that world um, and are familiar, you know, I know you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and are familiar with these stories and, like, um, familiar with, like, uh, emotionally fraught religious moments, um, or they're not, and they get to do, like, tourism through, like, how tens of millions of Americans are raised, right? And I hear yeah. this all the time, where it's, like, uh, it, it, everyone who tells me about either 
the VBS podcast or this novel or even just like stuff I've written on Substack or whatever, they they always say either I grew up just like you and da da da, or they say I didn't grow up anything like you and da da da. They always preface it with that like uh, uh, lived experience statement. We're like, just so we're on the same page, I either do or don't <laughs> know what it's like. Um, but it's cool. It's I don't know. It's like I'm sort of like bringing <laughs> bringing bubbles together. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you know, ultimately so much of that is, uh, is because of the full cast, uh, listenership. Like, I guess, I guess giving me the, um, permission to extend beyond just like talking about sports. Cause like, you know, on that podcast, we try to talk as little about sports as possible. Um, for whatever reason. Um, and people have always just gone along with it. So it's sort of like, it felt like it expanded our window. Like when Spencer and Holly started channel six, the newsletter, um, everyone just sort of knew it would talk about stuff besides college football all the time. And everyone was like, yeah, cool. Great. Perfect. That's what we want. You know, like <laughs> if it's, if it's half college football, great. The other half's going to be great too. Um, so like having this community that's just adjacent to college football. Um, yeah, I guess just felt like it, you know, I just felt authorized by these people to, uh, to talk about whatever I wanted. Um, and I guess to go back to like the gatekeeper thing, I guess I've never really wanted, um, the approval of someone in a very tall building, but I very much want the approval of people in lots of short buildings. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and apartments count, apartments count. <laughs> but like, I, I, I guess I've, you know, if New York city likes it or not, ah, whatever. But if everywhere else likes it, okay, then we've done something. Yeah, I, you covered so many things just now that I was just sitting here relating the hardest I've ever related, I think, to anyone else I've had on any of my podcasts. Um, and it, for those who don't follow Jason, they're like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Um, <laughs> so it's very important to know that when he pitched his book originally, he was told it was too niche. And... <laughs> I, to this day, think that whoever told you that is just, frankly, an idiot. Um, people who listen to me know that I was raised evangelical as well. Um, I have a story almost verbatim like the one of someone busting into youth group with, you know, fake. I think they were fake. I'm from Alabama. Y'all know that. They were probably real. <laughs> uh, obtained illegally uh, guns and, and saying, you know, deny Christ or we'll kill you. And at I think I was 13 or 14. Regardless, I wasn't even able to drive yet. And I was so jaded, for lack of a better word. I was just like, oh, yeah, like, this is not real. And also, if it was real, then I didn't get raptured and this would suck. So we're not going to get too deep into <laughs> my backstory there. But uh, I just think how can anyone look around at kind of the state of American like day-to-day -day life and politics and not think that this is something that's literally 10 million people can relate to beyond me y'all. So I'll link uh, shut down full books in the, in the show notes, but um, yeah, I, you kind of sort of answered it while you were talking about this, but um, what was the moment if there has been one where you felt like you've made it or do you feel like you've made it? Hmm. I guess it's like lots of little made it's um, cause like I don't, 
feel like I have a big um, career goal and I've kind of never had one. It's always just like, is this fun? You know, are, yeah. are, do I enjoy the people I'm around? And like now in my day job at The Athletic, like, yeah, my coworkers are cool. Like Chris Branch, Zach Harper, Jane of all, like uh, all our all our all our newsletters that I help edit. It's like, yeah, this is enjoyable. We're you know, covering sports is great. <laughs> and then in all my side hustles, it's like, yeah, this is fun and weird. I, I like my co-hosts. Well, those co-hosts include my wife, so I, you know, I should I should say I like all my co-hosts. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a made it, right? Like that's kind of a you kind of made it if like everything's fun. I guess. <laughs> and, um, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what, what more can you want than that? Um, honestly, one of the, one of the first moments might, it might've been going to cover the Rose bowl for SB nation. Um, Penn state USC is like six or seven years ago, Just standing on the Rose bowl field, like barefoot, which is a thing every media member does your first time at the Rose bowl. When you're one of the last ones on the field, you put your bare feet on that, like sacred grass that was like <laughs> that was trucked in for just that game and you're and it's and you have very much have a moses standing before the burning bush moment and it was like i did it i did it like this is like you know this is the maxed out sports journalist here like what, what like so yeah that, that was a made it moment <laughs> um the shutdown whole cast our first atlanta uh live show at the High Museum of Art when we sold yes. out one of their... <laughs> I know those people were so confused when we showed up. Yes. <laughs> their security ticket takers were like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Why is everyone drinking beer at the High Museum of Art and <laughs> screaming about, I don't know, pro wrestling and Metal Gear or whatever? Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a few of those live events where it was clear that it was like, oh, wait a minute, this isn't just um, internet stuff. Like, people were telling us, we drove here from Kentucky, we drove here from Mississippi, and it was like, really? You know, know, you'll be able to download this for free in like four days, but yeah. (laughs) But it it was just this eye-opening moment where it was like, oh, you know, cool, (laughs) that's awesome, you know? Um, (laughs) I guess just lots of little moments like that feel like versions of made it. Um, And there's, I guess, just this mix of finding lots of stuff to appreciate and be content about while, I guess, being ambitious and trying to do that in a, like, tempered, realistic, honest way. Um, Because, like, I don't know, I have workaholic tendencies (laughs) and I guess I've, I've gotten a bit better about making sure that some of that stuff is stuff that I control at least, you know, like working at SB nation, there were times when it was like, all right, these folks get a hundred of my hours in this week. Right. And it's like, it's not good for anyone. (laughs) It's not good. You know, that's, that's, that's just simply not good for anyone. Um, I'm still going to do that kind of stuff from time to time, but some of it is going to be stuff where it's like, well, sure, but 10 of those hours were screaming about college football. That doesn't count as actual work, you know. So, <laughs> like, I, I, I guess I just know I'm always going to be the sort of person who's just always um, driven toward working on stuff. And the healthy thing for me post-2010s is making sure that a percentage of that work is 
mostly for fun. The stuff I would do even if it didn't make money, I guess, could be a way to yeah. put it. Literally, we did the podcast not making any money for it for like nine years. Clearly, <laughs> it's something we would do just for fun. Um, I, I wrote this novel for zero dollars and would have done it all over again, you know, if, if even if it didn't ultimately make any for anyone. Um, like it, it, I can personally recommend it as a, you know, as therapeutic. So like maybe, maybe finding work stuff to do that doesn't at all in any way feel like work. Um, Mm, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I absolutely get that. It's, you have to hold on to whatever little joys life drops you. And I think that that became so much more apparent after 2020, especially that that's, that's advice for everybody. Like if you have a moment in your day where I'm like, wow, I'm kind of enjoying this, savor it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do more of that. Like that's, yeah. That's few and far between. Well, before I take us home, uh, what's one misconception you feel like people may have about what you do? Hmm. Or the biggest uh, misconception, even. This is sports journalism. The first thing everyone asks, if like if they're not in if they're not if they're not in media, if they're not sports media, the first thing any every normal person asks is almost literally word for word, do you get to go to all the games? That like <laughs> like without it's 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 like scripted the way it arrives and i get it i get it <laughs> it's just funny it's not a complaint at all it's just very funny every single time it's it's i, I just know it's coming um and my answer is basically like it, at companies i've worked for we send reporters to games um i don't need to accompany them to make sure they file uh you know <laughs> and at times uh you know, at times my job will be entirely different things, but I have gotten to go to, a, you know, a lot more games than like I actually needed to. Um, companies have been generous about sending me, to, you know, to events, even if it's not my job. I got to go to freaking Army, Navy, um, a national title game. You know, I've, I, like I've gotten to go to a ton of cool stuff, but there are jobs in sports media that don't involve being at stadiums <laughs> and it's, you know, it's not a big misconception. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just a funny misconception, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Matt said the same thing. Matt was like, I think people just expect me to be at somehow every game all Saturday, like <laughs> even if they're in different places. Uh, yeah. Well, where can the people find you? What do you want to plug? The rest of the show is yours. <laughs> uh, I am. Uh, I tr- I've tried to make it Jason Kirk FYI on most social networks. Um, that's also my Substack URL. Um, the name of the book is Hell is a World Without You. It's available everywhere. Um, proceeds received by mid-February. We'll all be going to the Trevor Project. Uh, subscribe to The Athletics newsletters, The Pulse, until Saturday, the numerous others. Um, my podcasts are the Shutdown Fullcast. It's kind of about sports <laughs> and Vacation Bible School, which is not at all about sports, but yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I think that's the list. <laughs> yeah. And again, you guys, I'll make sure all of this is linked in the show notes. Well, as always, I appreciate uh, you taking time out of an insane, well, now it's for the, middle, the end of the season, thank goodness, but just usually an insane, insane schedule. 
to stop by. Um, and if you're listening, don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend, like, subscribe, rate, review, yada, yada, all that stuff. Uh, everything will be linked in the show notes, y'all. Until next time.